0: everybody and welcome back to the latest episode of the Inves podcast. I am Dan Ashmore, financial analyst here at Inves and today I'm joined by Felix Zhu who is the founder of ZX Squared Capital who are a crypto only hedge fund. How are you doing today Felix?
1: I'm doing well thank you for uh, being on the show. Um, and uh, and then yes, so ZX Squared is a crypto-only uh, derivative hedge fund that we trade uh, Bitcoin, and de- Ethereum uh, derivatives.
0: Interesting. Only Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yes, we uh, we are actually very
1: risk-averse, so we trade only Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, options. Right. So um, so let me give you a sense. Uh, basically, like we. Uh, you know, like we try to achieve a high sharp ratio versus Bitcoin and, and ETH um, by you know, like, um, doing hedge strategy, hedging strategies uh, and um, capture the time value and volatility and such. So our fund is targeting half of the like, volatility versus Bitcoin uh, and we are targeting to outperform Bitcoin over the long term.
0: Interesting. So, as opposed to, like, say, the traditional hedge fund benchmarking to the S P five hundred, or whatever, you're looking at Bitcoin as your kind of marker of success, is it?
1: Yes, our benchmark is Bitcoin because we uh, we think over the term over the long term, we are still bullish on cryptocurrencies, uh, especially uh, Bitcoin as the digital gold, and also Ethereum ETH. Uh, you know, that's doing a lot of cool stuff. You can build it upon its decentralized tech infrastructure, right? So that's why like our underlying assets are Bitcoin and Ethereum. However, we also realize that the volatility is really high, you know, in crypto space and most of the traditional investors are not used to it. So that's how we use hedging tools, like for example, derivatives options, you know, to um to hedge out most of the volatility. Um, That's how we target to capture the upside at the same time protect from the downside. Um, you know, in terms of sharp ratio, we are targeting a higher sharp ratio versus Bitcoin.
0: Okay, and uh, do you mind elaborating a little bit on how you do these? So, what kind of hedging strategies are you doing to reduce this volatility? Like, are these covered calls, or or do you, are, do you have more complex instruments? Like, how are you going about that?
1: Sure, uh, we do you know uh, complex option strategies, um, but we track all different sorts of data. So, you can think of us as a data driven. Hedge fund uh, that you know, like uh, project the next midterm cryptocurrency price, and then we construct our strategies based on uh, you know the projection.
0: Okay, and it's a hundred percent crypto based. Like you never vary outside to look at equity options or any other inve- uh, asset classes.
1: No, uh, we are a hundred percent cryptocurrency hedge fund. Um, and also and also the underlying our underlying asset is 100% bitcoin and ethereum so we split it between uh, btc and eth about you know 70 30% um, 70% in crypto in bitcoin and 30% in ethereum um, and then we you know we trade options on different through different venues um, you know there are, there are exchanges dedicated to cryptocurrency options
0: Okay, that's fascinating because it's yeah definitely unusual for a hedge fund to only have not not just one asset class but two assets. Um, and is the reason that you don't venture outside Bitcoin and ETH, say, to other cryptos? Is that because like the trading infrastructure isn't there? Like it's not as established a market, and some of these option strategies are harder to to implement. Uh,
1: there are multiple reasons. Uh, one of the reason is that uh, the liquid, like the liquidity of options. Is mostly in uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, right? So for other token, for other coins, cryptocurrencies, the liquidity of option is not that great. So that's one of the reasons. Um, there are some other reasons. For example, we are bullish on Ethereum because um, because it has the most developer community, right? It has the fastest the fastest development of technology. So we really think of Ethereum as similar to a internet company. Right, it's generating some revenue and it's burning a lot of ETH. Uh, so it's similar to buyback and burn uh, in the equity sense. So, um, so Ethereum is a um, is more on the tech side, uh, and for Bitcoin, it's a different story. Right, Bitcoin doesn't have much utility. Uh, you can only do the transactions. You can, you can send Bitcoin from one person to another, but you cannot do any other fancy stuff like building a Decentralized application on top of Ethereum. So Bitcoin is quite simple. These two theses are very different, uh, but you know that's pretty much the reason uh, you know there are only two assets in our portfolio for now. But we'll you know like we are we are dedicated to this industry you know and we are looking at all the, all these progress from other cryptocurrencies as well. Uh, but for now, you know, we only have two assets.
0: Okay, and and how has it been? Like, as the market has turned, so looking obviously, Bitcoin traded up to nearly sixty nine thousand. It's down over seventy percent from its highs. You know, I think ETH is even worse. Has it been like? Has it been a bloodbath as, as like it would seem from the outsider? And like compared to all the other contagion we've seen in the crypto market, or how have you been handling that?
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, um, I've been in the crypto space since twenty seventeen. Right, so I've seen you know, the cycle, the bull market back in 2017 and early 2018, and then the bear, the bear, sorry, but the bear cycle from 2018 to 2019, to, uh, and, and then the new cycle, the, this cycle. Um, so it's very similar to traditional finance. Uh, the other co-founder, the other partner of mine, um, who's also the chief investment officer at ZX Square Capital, uh, CK, Mr. CK Jung, uh, he used to be the global head of valuation and risk at Credit Suisse, right? So he has seen, he has seen, you know, even more cycles in equity market and debt market. Um, you know, we are quite familiar with this kind of market cycles. Um, and for this cycle, you know, it's quite similar to the past cycle because people took on leverage, and then uh, you you have seen that Three Arrow Capital, for example, they took on too much too much leverage. And then uh, they went down with the market basically a lot of funds and asset manager bankrupt during this down cycle uh, and for our fund we actually performed really really well uh, during this down cycle we actually started back in July last year with our own money so currently like the uh, 90 more than ninety percent of the AUM from our fund is our own money right so not from outside. Uh, we've we've been testing out this strategy since uh, July last year till now, and we are actually flat um, over the over this period when Bitcoin is down forty percent uh, since last July, and Ethereum is even down more. So we outperform Bitcoin and Ethereum by a lot, uh, and we also achieve uh, this you know pretty stellar performance at a very low volatility. Our our volatility is around you know thirty percent. Uh, which is much lower than Bitcoin uh, at eighty percent, and Ethereum even higher.
0: You're you're showing flat returns. That's incredible. Um,
1: I wish. Michael yes, we we are we <laughs> actually
0: outperform the most of the asset classes. You know, including S and P five hundred. And like when when you mentioned these guys, like Three hours Capital and stuff, just insanely over leveraged. Like, were you kind of looking at these in advance and saying that? And when valuations are getting silly, and you know, you see when Bitcoin was getting into the high 60s, were you getting kind of worried in advance or was this just, were you kind of as taken by surprise as this as as you have been for any other kind of Bitcoin crash? Uh,
1: I would say, you know, we definitely tried to uh, do uh, the projections uh, with data support and and back in, you know, around 60,000 and even more, you know, there are some indicators saying, you know, we are overbought, right? So like we, uh, you know, this market has insanely high leverage, uh, and people are really optimistic at that point. Uh, however, you know, like we, I, w- I wouldn't say we are hundred percent correct at all the time, right? So we of try course, to, yeah. you know, we try to do the projection with data support, uh, but we also try to capture the volatility, right? So, like, because we, uh, you know, we do a lot of like covered calls uh, and also more complex. Uh, you know, hedging strategies and option strategies, so uh, we can capture the implied volatility or, uh, and the time value. Uh, that kind of contributes to our return as well. So um, you know, like, so it's it's a mix
0: of things. Okay, and and one thing I'm always curious about is like I I know you say you've been in crypto for 20, for since 2017, so you, you know you've seen the the previous crypto winter and. You know your partner's been around and like came over from head evaluations has kind of seen it all what i'm always curious about is that yes we've seen like a million crypto winters and bull of cycles by now but like given bitcoin was only launched in 2009 and since then we've had a you know a bull market of epic proportions across the economy like this is the first time that crypto has i guess existed while the entire economy is in a bear market and while we're kind of nearing that that recession Uh, territory if we're not there already like do you think that that kind of makes the extrapolation of past cycles and what we went through before do you think that kind of interferes with like is this unprecedented in crypto terms
1: (laughs) yeah that's a great question um you know like uh, since the birth of bitcoin in 2009 this is the first time that we've seen a macro slowdown. right so uh everything uh not only crypto but also all different sorts of risky assets um you know uh equities debt uh, and also emerging markets um, you know we, we have we definitely have a inflation triggered problem there and the inflation is not because um, inflation is because we printed so much money in the past two three years and also because of the war and also because of the uh, you know nationalism and anti-global globalization. So I would say, you know, this time is definitely different. We'll probably have a prolonged bear market in crypto as well as other asset classes. Um, In the past, like bear market for crypto is usually about two years. Um, You know, if we see, uh, you know, if we look at uh, 2018 to 2020 and or 2013 to 2015. So it's usually two years. Um, so that's why people always project that Bitcoin halving uh, is, relate, is somewhat related to the bull market. It's, it's definitely the uh, market sentiment, right? However, um, I would say that this time we'll probably have a prolonged bear market with you know the next two three years because we were already in the bear market for the past year. So we'll probably have another um, you know like bottoming out process for the next uh, year or two. So that's my that's my um, kind of rough estimation, Uh, but we'll definitely look at all the indicators to see otherwise.
0: Yeah, it's just yeah, it's interesting. I just feel like yeah, people just overlook that a little bit when they kind of talk about previous cycles. Um, So yeah, I I think I kind of agree. And so, do you guys hold any, I guess, spot Bitcoin or ETH long term, like and? Or is it just purely all option-based strategies? So when you say you're like bullish on the underlying assets, presumably you hold some mm-hmm. as well, do you?
1: Right. The majority of our portfolio is, is uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum as the underlying. Right. So even though we receive investments in fiat or in stable coins, you know we convert them into into BTC and ETH, and then we construct our option strategies on top of our holdings. So um, okay. you know that is the uh, that's our strategy
0: okay i see so so what i guess is your long term do you believe that bitcoin will be digital goal will it get that store of value will it kind of decouple from the stock market and and, and shed that intense volatility long term or what's your ultimate uh, vision here for bitcoin
1: hmm mm, yeah like the big the bitcoin storytelling has changed uh a couple times since uh the past decade right so first of all people mm-hmm. think of it as a like digital cash or digital payment system. Um, as described, you know, in the white paper of Bitcoin. It's a electronic payment system. Um, and over the years, you know, when people think of Bitcoin had also think about decentralized infrastructure, however, that is fulfilled by Ethereum, not by Bitcoin. Nobody's building uh, fancy you know applications on top of Bitcoin because everything is kind of fixed, right? So there's no um, rapid upgrade in the technology. Uh, however, the technology is very durable, it's very reliable, and very decentralized. And a lot of the net, uh, a lot of the countries' institutional investors accepted Bitcoin as a asset class, right? So, uh, we do think that the store of value side of Bitcoin is going to play out eventually. Um, however, there's another uh, story about you know. Bitcoin being a uh, negative correlation to other risky asset class, uh, and I think that is wrong because you know if we look at the past three years, uh, it is you know, Bitcoin is highly correlated to other asset classes like equities. So um, so that kind of proves that Bitcoin is also fueled by liquidity, um, you know, from other asset classes or from the macro economy as well. So I would say that. Uh, Over the long term, I mean, the next decade or so, uh, Bitcoin can be accepted as a digital gold because it it does have a fixed amount of uh, cap, right? So it has like a fixed amount of supply uh, and also it costs money to mine Bitcoin, right? So it's similar to gold that you have a mining cost. You need to buy mining equipment for Bitcoin. You also need to do that as well. Um, I would say maybe can reach like twenty percent or thirty percent of the market cap of gold. Um so that can you know has that has a very very high upside for Bitcoin over the next decade.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you with a lot of points there. Um and I actually, I, I did an analysis yesterday, just when you bring up the the correlation to other risk assets and like the correlation to the S&P 500, Bitcoin and S&P 500 has actually picked up a lot this year, just as we've transitioned to that new interest rate environment. So I think like, yeah, this year has really just proven that, you know, after a decade long of, of low interest rate quantitative easing environment, that all risk assets will kind of get hurt when when you pull the rug out from under them, and, and and we see this hiking cycle that we're on now, so I guess it is. It's more a case of yeah, what happens once we, and because we will transition out of this interest rate environment eventually. Um, whether Bitcoin's, I guess, fundamentals being so different to equities and whatnot can can result in a decoupling of the price action. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 with you. Um. And a question on ETH then. So you say, which makes perfect sense, like that ETH and Bitcoin have completely different goals. But do you think ETH will always retain that dominant position in the decentralized finance sphere? In 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 that kind of, I guess, the technology side of it, if you can call it that, or will these other competitors, such as you know, Cardano, Polkadot, Solana, whatever, do you think they'll ever mm-hmm. catch up?
1: Mm, sure. Um, I mean, like a, a lot of
0: you know Ethereum
1: killers since the last cycle. Uh, however you know who remains uh, solana maybe you know uh cardano um i think they are still deploying their smart contract i think so um in terms of like the community of developers ethereum definitely has the highest the, the most consensus right so uh we are so like me and my co um, me and my other co-founder Yemu, we are uh, we build uh, applications, We build decentralized applications. We are in the crypto space and being like crypto natives. So we track all the development progress for Ethereum and also for and also the zk the zero knowledge roll ups the privacy uh, privacy preserving computation side and also scalability side. We think that you know Ethereum definitely has the dominant position now, but you know like um, you know being a tech community. Uh, there's always changes right so at some point maybe people will say that ethereum infrastructure is too rigid right you cannot improve it on a rigid infrastructure so we move it to another place and we build another thing from scratch so that happens um, however i don't i just don't see it in the next you know two three years i think over the medium term ethereum still uh, is go, still going to hold the dominant position um and also like looking at the uh the utility the, the utility, kind of the, the usage data versus other blockchains. Uh, Ethereum definitely has the most DApps, it has the most uh, users, and it's actually quite hard to cross the uh, to uh, bring across the assets on Ethereum onto other blockchains, right? So you need cross-chain bridges, uh, and yeah. that is not safe, right? So Ethereum definitely has the most native tokens on, on top of it. Uh, However, for other blockchains, even though it has high TPS, but what do they sacrifice? Maybe they sacrifice the level of decentralization. Maybe they sacrifice something else. Um, So for now, there's no perfect solution to uh, or the perfect competitor to Ethereum. I don't think it's going to happen in the next three years.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, Like even just if you look the total value locked across all protocols like ethereum just really is so dominant right now and then with the merge as well it seems to be upgrading kind of transitioning away almost from from the rest of the market um your price point on bitcoin is interesting so you're saying like 20 to 30 percent of the gold market cap i'm just looking here like the gold market cap that would gold market cap is 10.4 trillion so that would place bitcoin at a, at a value of between 100 and 150k like what does a world like that look like like what kind of position does Bitcoin have? Will it just always be that like way to circumvent you know a government controlled source of money? Like will it just literally be gold 2.0? Or do you think like some of these other things that you see people like you you don't think when when you say that like Bitcoin is is a little bit uh kind of it's not very malleable it kind of <laughs> is what it is and it has that store value property, but not a lot more? Do you think things like El Salvador and you know, I see Central African Republic now have it as legal tender. Like, is this a bit gimmicky, or could there be something bigger here? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a matter of time
1: that when people realize that, um, you know, they so like I think the the countries uh, then uh, kind of the sovereign countries are going to be the last to adopt, but before that is going to be uh, institutional investors and or like retail investors. Uh, think about you know, what do you actually own like in your life? um you know, it's like most of the things we own is just like a you know some numbers, right? so you you don't actually own it uh, even though, like a lot of people own gold, they don't they don't actually own the physical gold, right? Even the countries that own uh, like a lot of countries that own gold they don't they don't actually have it, right It's in a mm. uh, vote in somewhere in the United States. so um so i I would say that um you know, like the smaller countries are going to be the first wave, but uh, I think the uh, institutional investors, like like BlackRock, Fidelity, they they also open up the access to uh, retail investors to buy Bitcoin, right? And and also like uh, big asset managers, they try to allocate a, a very small percentage of their AUM into into Bitcoin or into other cryptocurrencies. Um, but think about the uh, correlation between all these different pr- cryptocurrencies; it's like really high. Right. Um, Because like the fundamental side is still very weak. Uh, So people, you know, like people tend to buy the consensus, which is Bitcoin. So the first they allocate into cryptocurrency is going to be Bitcoin. And even, uh, for example, if Fidelity allocates 1% or BlackRock allocates 1%, that's meaningful, you know, for the whole crypto, the crypto space. Um, I would say it's going to be a um, uh, like a long process for sure uh and even that 30 like 20 to 30 percent of gold market cap is just my own <laughs> uh speculation uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but you know like bitcoin has a lot of advantages over gold for uh, for sure right so it has a fixed amount of supply most of the uh, bitcoin is already mined right and also um and also the uh the like bitcoin is divisible divisible as well so you can own like a very small fraction of bitcoin um yeah so so uh, you know like as a practitioner in cryptocurrency side uh i would definitely just like i'm i'm definitely looking at everything that's um kind of the uh I'm, i'm still very optimistic about uh the consensus of bitcoin
0: yeah okay so you seem pretty undeterred about the bear market um and then, like, what are your thoughts, just, just maybe to close up here, on, on like, the, the wider economy here? Like, do you think that this will turn into a nasty recession? Will we get, like, a proper clean-out? Will this be a couple of years? Um, or do you think, like, inflation has peaked or is close to peaking, that we can kind of get on top of things that, you know, the SP 500, it's down, like, 25% on the year. Like, do you think that the bottom is is closer? Obviously, very difficult question to answer, but just, just curious to your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's a tough question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would say we're going to have like a prolonged bear market uh, because like this time the inflation is not triggered by just mon- money printing, right? So it's triggered by the war, uh, you know, the uh, oil supply uh, and also uh, the anti-globalization, you know, like what's going on with uh, the United States and, and China uh, and what's going on with uh, the United States and the Europe and Russia so these are very difficult to um you know to project and also very these are the problems that very difficult to get solved um so i i would say that we'll probably have like weaker um economic data you know in the in the next couple months um and even like even that fed is raising interest rate um you know, uh, me- most of these problems cannot be solved.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, unfortunately. I mean, I'm hoping wrong, but I feel like, yeah, it could be a rough enough winter. Um Okay, well, we're, we're going to close it up there. I will throw links in the description if anyone wants to check you guys out, ZX Squared. And I will also link to my article on events that I'll write up. So, um yeah, thanks for dialing in, Felix. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much, Dan. Happy to, uh, to get on the show. Hey.